All right, you want to do the song or what? No such thing as art. All right, well, here we are. Welcome to another episode Hello. of uh, No Such Thing as Art. Episode six. It was six. We um, few under our belt. Yeah. Due to COVID-19, we've had to do a few Skype interviews. Yeah, which so, has been interesting. Bear with us if the sound is not up far. Yeah, definitely. Uh, can't wait to get back in the studio with guests. It feels a lot more organic and everything. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, at least still being able to do these interviews. Yeah, yep. Uh, Skype's it, an interesting app. Definitely. It's They're, just a lot more fun being in the studio. It's a little bit more interpersonal. Yeah, you get to actually see the person right there with you. I mean, you get to see them too with Skype. So that's I feel nice. like when you're when you're talking to people and interviewing on Skype and like two people start talking at once. Yeah. There's, like, so much of an effort from everybody to, like, hold back. So there's, like, down space. Yeah, there's a lot more down space where when you're in person, you can kind of pick up on them social cues. Yeah, or... right. Well, and it's it's easier to just get more into a conversation. Yeah. And make it less like an interview. You definitely. Know I mean? It's more just sitting around shooting the shit. We've definitely been able to have a few good conversations go well. Yeah. Um couple upcoming guests including our guests today were all skype interviews yeah yep so yeah with that i guess you know as everybody knows covid19 has changed a lot of stuff a lot of stuff um so there's not a ton for us to talk about i guess what we're doing is stay busy both of us are still working so that's a plus yep being a, an essential is kind of nice, actually, uh, having a regularity of work. I feel for those people out there that are out of work and having a hard time struggling Starting to go stir-crazy. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I get stir-crazy just the moment I have to sit around the house. At least I get to get out and go to my job, which, I mean, who would have thought I'd ever feel that way? It'd be nice <laughs> to go out and play some live music or see yeah. some live music yes. again soon. Definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people talk about things getting back to normal, and I don't know. I think it's it's going to be a long time before that happens. Before, I mean, we'll see hints of regularity here and there along the way, but yeah, you know, I know they just canceled Burning Man last week, and like more stuff is getting canceled. Oh and yeah, and stuff that's out. Yeah, a lot of live music is like I don't know. Experts are kind of saying like unforeseeable until twenty twenty one. Yeah. Which so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, definitely. I think you're going to see a lot more Facebook Live events um, that come up. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I've been doing is, like, it's cool, like, on a Friday or Saturday night, I can just jump on Facebook, and there's, like, at any given time, four or five different musicians or DJs or comedy, you know, like, all kinds of different stuff just live streaming. So it's easy to jump on and like I've definitely found myself enjoying watching some of that, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. 
definitely not the same as being there in person, but it's still at least something to take up a little bit of time and support your artist friends, you know. Yeah, I know, like, like uh, businesses like the Backlot in Oshkosh, um, they're still doing their, uh, their improv shows. Like, uh, on Fridays and Saturdays, normally they start at 9 p.m. You can tune in through the um, their imp- virtual improv comedy show link or through the, the Backlot Comedy House. I know that um, uh, there's live streaming of, I think it's live streaming, uh, of videos, uh, performances of um, Andrew Lloyd Webber shows on YouTube. Oh, really? They, yeah, they post them and they're available for, like, Two days, so I guess maybe not live streaming, but they're available just for like two days. Yeah, so yeah, like, recorded, um, and like here you go, you got this much time to watch it. Yeah, and it, but it is a live; it's a, a recording of a live of performance. A live, yeah, yeah. So like yesterday, I think was um, yesterday they posted Phantom of the Opera, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be up through the weekend. Oh, cool! Um, I know that Pink Floyd is also posting. Uh, Recordings of live performances, they have, live, yeah, live yeah. concerts. Yeah. Uh, also on YouTube, that seems to be be a good platform for a lot of those. Yeah, you know, recordings that hadn't been released of live performances. Yeah, something to give some people to entertain themselves. Yeah, for sure. I'm. Uh, I kind of want to check out that family opera thing. Uh, I forget where the performance is. I think it's the. It's out of Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe, maybe uh, England. I'm not sure. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. I mean, speaking of those those types of things, um, there's also an event coming up um, here. Let's see, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday yep. the twenty first, right? Yep. Um, From seven to eight thirty p.m. Yeah, it's the Stone Arch. Uh, Online sessions. They usually had like uh, live musicians on Tuesday nights uh, down at the Stone Arch, and um, uh, obviously because we can't gather now, um, they're going to try doing an online thing. Uh, so this Tuesday, as Ross said, from seven eight thirty um, on Facebook, I believe. Yeah, they're going to be. Um, Hosting the online sessions with uh, local musicians, Walt Hamburger, uh, Nordland, who's from Michigan, and Seth Anderson, who's out of Canada, I believe. Yeah. Um, so that should be pretty cool. Uh, it'll be nice to hear, at least, you know, visually and audibly hear and see live performance for a few minutes. You yeah. Know? No, that's that's it's it's cool that people are still putting content out there and having that, you know. And as a uh, artist myself, like musically, to do something in front of like nobody, uh, but I mean, you obviously have people that are watching the live event, but like to not have anybody physically there in front of you, I feel like would be very hard. So make sure it changes the dynamic of a lot. I mean, you can tell from any of the performance artists that we've spoken to, either on or off the show. Um, you know, that energy that you get back from, from a crowd or, or an audience, uh, you, you, as a performer, you feed on that, yeah. you know, that you just can't match that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's oh. hard to drop your, your closer, you know, and, and hope that everybody that's watching is laughing. Yeah, exactly. You know, and not really have any, 
Yeah, any feedback? Yeah, yeah. No, I this this whole COVID thing's got everyone scared, and uh, I, I myself, I before I even knew this stuff was going on, had gotten all lined up to get a uh, quarter of a cow, which oh, I'm yeah. glad I got because of you know everything. Who knows? Yeah, just some time, right? Right. So I went to uh, this place called Harper's Countryside Cuts. It's out of Tigerton. Um, the actual address for it is E fifty ninety two. Uh, Portnoy Road in Tigerton, Wisconsin. A uh, number for them is 715-754-2002. It's, um, it's amazing meat. They package it up really well, too. They they uh, shrink wrap all their stuff. Then. Did you get a wide variety of cuts? I did, yes. Yep. I got a... Like they gave, they give you an order for them, and you can choose all your cuts and everything. And no shit. I just had uh, the prime rib roast out of there. Um uh, for Easter, and that was that was actually really good. It was nice. uh, amazing meat, and uh, we cooked it in a slow cooker. So it that's awesome. Hard. Mine wasn't locally sourced, but I had um, I had cured some Atlantic salmon for Easter. Yeah, made some gravlax, uh, which was excellent. Pickled up some red onions for that, and then uh, I made a rosemary and garlic roast leg of lamb, which was wild i've never had that before yeah that shit was good wasn't local but it was nice it was good to have some good food at least yeah but um no that's you awesome. pictures it looked amazing so the price is pretty decent out there at yeah the, oh yeah what was it called um harper's uh countryside cuts okay all right awesome and uh i imagine their their orders probably stepped up a little bit yeah with everything yeah oh. real nice people though they came out and uh brought the stuff out i had to call them let them know when i was there and awesome. so just they brought i had three boxes full of steaks and ground ground beef go. and everything let me lock down at your house bro yeah right nothing like steak and eggs yeah <laughs> steak for dinner steak yep good stuff Steak for snacks. <laughs> yeah, I definitely uh, I have plenty of meat to last me through this. So, Well, with all that said, uh, our guest today, uh, as you listen to the show, you'll hear her mention about um, some of the events she has coming up for the summer. Uh, she has an art booth, and she's very active uh, locally as far as festivals and events go. Um as of right now, where everything stands, many of the events are on hold until further notice. Uh, you can keep an eye out on her Etsy page, as well as her Instagram and her Facebook, all of which she mentions at the end of the podcast. Uh, some of the events, I'm not positive, may have been canceled uh, earlier, the, the ones that take place earlier in the summer. Yeah. Um, I think some of the later Later in the summer, events are postponed until further notice. Um, but give her a listen. Check her out online. She has an online store. Uh, if you like any of her stuff, it's a very, very cool pop. What does she call it? Pop um, pop art? Pop art. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rad Chick, good friend of mine. So uh, with that said, uh, Stephanie... Lizering is our guest today, textile artist, mixed, mixed multimedia. Yeah. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the show, Stephanie L. 
Stephanie, how do you say your last name? Lizering. 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 Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, so you're an artist, huh? Yep. That's what you like doing, is that art? (laughs) (laughs) I was told there was no such thing as art. (laughs) (laughs) There's art everywhere. How long have you been making art for? How long have I been doing art for? Yeah. Uh, Pretty long, like pretty much since I was a little kid, because I come from a family that's uh, like very artistic and creative in many different ways. My dad is a writer and publisher of comic books, mm. so I always kind of like had, I, you know, I was a little girl, I liked Barbie stuff, pink stuff, so I wasn't really into the whole superheroes and comic book stuff, but I had an older brother, and my dad were really into it, so I was in that culture for quite a while. Your brother, is he an illustrator? He used to do really? some comics in college, but he he doesn't do that anymore. He's gotten oh, into okay. now. He was making, like, guitars out of cigar boxes and kind of unconventional oh, things. Cool. Yeah. Well, so cigar think- box resonators are really cool, actually. That's, they have such a unique sound to them, too. Yeah. Um, so you you um you had exposure to it at a young age. For sure. Uh, what really, what really got you on the path to like figuring out what kind of art you want to create? Uh, I guess that's a hard one to answer because I don't ever want to like peg myself as one kind of artist. Like I started out liking drawing and painting and then sculpture and like um my career through college kind of took a turn and I was thrown into like the fiber department that I didn't really want to be a part of. But I really am into sewing and like modern quilting. And if you, if I looked back like 10 years, I wouldn't think I would be doing what I'm doing now because I was just always trying different things. But like I knew as a little kid, I wanted to be an artist because I saw what my dad was doing and I saw what other people were doing. My aunt was an art teacher, so I figured, yeah, I'll be an art teacher. That'll be fun. And then <laughs> finding out not really a people person where it's like, I don't think I'd want to be a teacher. I don't know. A lot of little kids. <laughs> it takes a personality definitely to be able to get in front of a group and to be able to teach what kind of just comes naturally to you. Right. Now I'm kind of at the point where if I wanted, I could put on uh, classes and, like, demonstrate my skills and stuff. And, like, but I want to teach people who want to learn. I think the hard thing with school is if kids are in high school just for, like, an easy A, because I think art's easy, like, that's not how I am. Right, yeah. for sure. And, like, that's anybody cool. can be creative. You don't have to be really good at art to, like, maybe pass an art class. You know what I mean? You just have to try. Yeah. Right. Well, and, like... I heard stories, too, of, like, um, Tim Burton at a young age, you know, like, his art teachers or people knocking his his style and telling him, you know, just discouraging him. Right, uh, right. And he goes on to, like, you know, really, ex- like, succeed in a, in a few different categories, you know? He was, I think he, like, worked at Disney for a while, but... They told him, like, his stuff was too... It was, like, the fox and the hound, and they were saying his drawings or versions were, like, too creepy and, like, dark. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting to see that now yeah. in 2020. But, like, 
or teachers maybe have an expectation of what they want you to do. I know my husband, he's like, he liked to draw and do arty things in high school too, but like the art teachers were not encouraging. They like kind of bashed on people and it's like, you can't do that. You got to just let people kind of figure out their own stuff. Everybody can't do the same kind of artwork. You just got to let Right, people- exactly. It kind of creates an atmosphere where it's about your person and your personality versus what you're creating and that's not how it should be at all right for sure so what would you i guess i guess i just knew so like back to the question i just knew i always wanted to do something with art you always heard that like starving artists like you don't get into it because you're gonna make money because that's not realistic but you do it because you want to sort of thing so it was always like in my mind of just learning as much as I could and different skills to see what I liked best and what I was good at. Yeah, right on. I feel like I'm sort of like that, too. Um, we definitely have a, a handful of different multi, uh, multimedia projects, you know, a lot of digital stuff. But I definitely feel I can relate to that. Uh, and ex- exposure and, and, like, absorbing as much knowledge as you can about all different styles and like uh, processes. Yeah, right, exactly. And like ways to go about achieving things, you know. I can definitely say as as uh, you know, with my film background being inspired heavily by like Steven Spielberg and like you hear the stories of like how he created E.T. and like like even just the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. Yeah, the amount of work that went behind those and stuff too. At that time, it was totally like you didn't have the computer like technology that you do now. Right. Like, yeah. Everything's CGI. But I think I that they've been going back to some of that puppetry. Right. And it's been, and you can tell because it, it looks good, man. It was, and that's an that's an art. Yeah. Right there. I definitely, my hubby and I don't like movies that are heavily CGI because it's like I appreciate the special effects being put into things being made and even like old yeah. wars and stuff just because i mean i mean special effects are cool and digital design but also like real things that interest me and like yeah right well and there's an like you're saying right like there's an art to special effects like the old school way you know dark, dark crystal is a good example right like, well, you look at the original and they actually just released um or not just released time. within like the last year but they released like a Dark Crystal like series, and it's a show, and they went right back to the old puppetry of everything, and it it looks amazing. Well, like a lot of Tarantino movies are awesome because they shoot on location. They have actual stunt people. Yeah, you know, um, Death Proof. Uh, was that the one? Was that the one with the car? Right. Yeah. 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 Death Proof was like it was all an an homage to like old school filmmaking yeah right and like i don't know i thought it was cool too and like in uh once upon a time in hollywood like he he paid like one of the dudes was a stunt man you know if you look at death proof the dude kurt russell was uh, mike yeah yeah you know so like it's cool to see that he appreciates that process and respects that process and like you said i think a few more there's a few more directors and, and, and uh, producers out there now that are really like getting into that hands-on style again. I really into Robert Rodriguez 
high school because, you know, he wrote and directed and acted in some of his stuff. And right. I thought that was cool that, like, you can do it all yourself. So it's your movie kind mm-hmm. of thing. Obviously, other people help, but have a big hand in what's being done. Because I even thought, like, I would never want to be, like, a movie star. That would That's not me. I'm, like, right. a behind-the-scenes person where I was, like, I always thought editing would be so fun and just... I, I took a little bit of classes in high school, but um, I actually ended up going to Renaissance School for the Arts. So in the afternoon, I would go from like east to west, and then we would have like art classes. But because I did that, I couldn't take like digital classes at my actual high school because mm-hmm. just how the schedule was. But there was like all this stuff that I really wanted to take all these classes and get a basic knowledge and see where you can take it. Yeah, right. See, I wish I would have had, like, more opportunity in high school to pursue that kind of stuff. I I definitely knew at an early age that I wanted to do something with film. I remember going to, like, three career days in a row, like, dressed as a cameraman. I had, like, a a cameraman out of a shoebox. I had a Spielberg (laughs) vest and, you know, the hat. And, like, I definitely knew early that I wanted to get into it. But, like, in high school, not having the the options or chance to get into it, really, um, you know, kind of limited everything. But going back to what you were saying about Robert Rodriguez, I think one of the things that's kind of along the lines of what you were saying is he's cool because he's not big Hollywood. He's an independent producer and an independent director and filmmaker, but his stuff is so good that it competes with big Hollywood. Right. You know, like, that just shows you how good he is at his craft. Yeah. And at telling a story. Yeah. Shows you don't need all the money in the world, neither, to make a decent movie. Yeah, especially especially if you have the passion behind creating. Yeah. Right. Stephanie, have you ever seen, um, what is that, is it called American, American movie, American film? American movie, I think it is. It's a... A documentary about two guys from Waukesha or from the Milwaukee area that that um, want to make a movie called it's called Coven, but he pronounces it Coven because Coven spelled, sounds like oven. Yeah, American <laughs> movie. It, it came out in 1999. You should give it a watch. You guys, you and Ed would really like that. I think. Yeah, it's got like a 94 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, it blew up. They. They were nobodies trying to make this film, and a documentary crew made a documentary about them, and then all of a sudden they're like film icons. Yeah. <laughs> What's cool is it's all it come. They come from Wisconsin and everything, and they were doing these low budget horror movies. But uh, yeah, it just like played played by the lack of cash, unreliable help, and numerous personal problems. It was hard for them to complete, but they ended up pushing through and making the movie. You know. Well, I'm like, honestly, everybody I've ever showed this trailer to was like, is that real people? Like, <laughs> you know, like, they're just blown away. Because these guys, I mean, one dude's got a big curly mullet, and he's yeah. shaped like Humpty Dumpty. And yeah, they just... They the other guy's, like, like tall people. and skinny and socially awkward and not super well-educated, but they had tons of passion, you yeah. know? <laughs> It's pretty crazy. The movie itself, uh, Coven or whatever, it uh, it did quite well because of the documentary. 
I've never seen Coven. <laughs> it's weird saying that. I've never seen Coven. Call it what it is. Yeah. You can go to number two. All right. Well, um, what would you classify your uh, style of art and the things you create? I know you utilize a lot of fabrics and stuff, which is uh, pretty unique and a very cool style. I, sorry, that was my phone. Um, I guess <laughs> I consider myself a, like a fiber artist, but also maybe mixed media or like collage artist. So okay. I really like making paper collages and using recycled materials and just kind of like just random everyday objects that probably get thrown away so yeah. like a lot of my art it's like i do painting i i have collages i've been doing like mini art quilts and i've been making large t-shirt quilts for people and now i started doing because it's like it's really nice to me to have like art on the walls but I was thinking if I take the art quilts and make them into like little tote bags, it's more like wearable, usable art. So you can actually, yeah. it has a purpose. So I've been kind of like all over the place with a bunch of stuff, but the big, uh, the big thing that's all the same is well, like recycling and reusing kind of scraps and little pieces of whatever I can incorporate into it. And also everything's very bright and colorful and very pop art or, pop culture kind of comes up within the stuff I do. So very kind of maybe a modern fiber artist with a little bit of a pop style. I don't know. That's cool. It's very, That's hard, cool. It's very hard to like pinpoint what you do. You know what I mean? Like if you right. a yeah. lot of stuff, it's hard to be like, well, this is what I am. Whereas right. Well, like, and like knowing you as long as I have and like, you know, like having some of your drawings and like, seeing the stuff you've done in the past you know it's it's hard when you've dabbled with all of it to and then taking what you've learned and created your own thing to really put a label on it you know right so you kind of told us a little bit about about your journey as far as going through different mediums and like learning different styles and stuff uh, do you want to elaborate a little more on like you know, uh, you know, just kind of what you went through, what you, what kind of stuff you really liked, what what you were drawn to, and why, and really how that comes into play with your stuff today. Yeah, when I was little, my parents in um, classes and through the YMCA for doing drawing, for doing ceramics. My aunt was an art teacher, but she also had a ceramic studio in her basement. So. <laughs> When we would visit her, she would, like, encourage me to do that. Um, in high school, I went to a charter school in the afternoon. So in Appleton, like, at Appleton West, they had the Renaissance School of the Arts. So, and then I was doing mostly, like, painting and sculpture there. But they also had, you know, um, there was theater and drama. And there was also, like, instruments. There was, there was a bunch of different arty things. But I always went more, like, visual art side and then uh, after high school, I went to UW-Fox for a couple of years and took a bunch of their art classes. I took classes with Frank Setzman and Judith Waller. And I really liked sculpture and I really liked painting. Those I thought they made everything fun, like art projects and art there was fun. It felt like a community 
that was very welcoming and encouraging to always be there. And yeah, it was a really good environment that they created there. <clears throat> and I, um, I wasn't in in the art area very long, but it seemed like everything they did was uh, a really unique way to challenge you as a student and as an artist and as a creator. Um, it really, you know, they challenge you to to approach things with a unique perspective, which I really appreciated, and, and to to really go step outside of your comfort zone with it. Right, very encouraging. Right, it was a good. I don't know. I really enjoyed being there and around those people. Because even when I went there, Jeremiah was going there too. Yeah. First, first podcast. <laughs> and it was fun and then I went to Milwaukee and you know they kind of encourage you to go to school for the first two years like locally and then you can transfer to like a bigger school so you save money and all that but I felt like when I got to Milwaukee I had missed out on those years of building relationships with teachers so it's like you're coming in and you only have two years left, but they don't know anything about you or your style or what you're like. So it's very hard. Starting fresh again. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not super outgoing. I'm not gonna like fight for the teachers to notice me. Like I just want to do what I wanted to do still. So when I was there, I went for sculpture, thinking that would be because I knew. I knew going to college for art was going to be rough, but I was going for what I wanted to do, and I was going to try to learn all these different things, and hopefully by the time I came out of it, maybe I would build a relationship or know somebody or get a job doing something. Right. But was your I degree got... specifically in sculpture? Yeah, it was. Right on. I was going to do some, like, um, art, art teaching stuff, but I yeah. kind of... I kind of changed my mind because I just didn't have the best, I don't know, time there. I tried to make the best of it, and, right. and it was good. There was, a lot, there was a lot of opportunities. I really miss, for what I miss from college is having all that access and the knowledge all around you. And, like, there's always somebody there to help you or to yeah. give you ideas, bounce ideas off. or Yeah, a lot of resources for sure. And, like, and you know, if you're – I took some printmaking classes. It's, like – you can do small printmaking at home, but all the big stuff, nobody has a huge press like that in the facility, right. you know? Yeah. I like screen printing, too, but even that, it's it's kind of tough to do it at home in a small well, setting. You, you have to have quite the setup. I do a lot of, like, uh, vinyl, um, nice. vinyl yeah. heat transfer and stuff, which yeah. is a little smaller setup with that because you can have your one cutting tool, but then you're, you have to go through every design and weed out the design then doing that. Yeah. As opposed to, uh, like, if you're going to screen print and you want to screen print a bunch of stuff, it's it's a lot more ideal. Right. Because you get your screen set up. Screen set up go, right. Go. Like, four of one thing. But, but, right, as soon as you start having, like, ten of them to do, then you got to have the screens and then the places to put them and clean them and spray them down. And then you start getting colors involved. and Yeah. Yeah, it gets pretty intricate from there. But, you know, trying to operate with singular parameters like, like doing vinyl, it's also a challenge that makes it into an art process, you know? You got to get creative with it. Yeah. 
And that's where, like, what, what if you're doing small things for yourself, the I feel like vinyl works so much better for, for saving space and stuff. And a lot of these cutting utensils, you can utilize them for more than just that. You, they got tools that you can put pens in them and use that for, like, uh, printing on stuff and just... Uh, Definitely the uh, Cameo Silhouette 3 is what I got, and that thing's amazing. I mean, it was worth the money, and uh, I utilized it a lot. But I was trying to run, like, a uh, business making T-shirts, and I found out quick, like, when you get bigger orders, it was a pain in the butt doing that, you know? For sure. It's but tedious sure. then, right? It's very tedious. I know that, um, what was I going to say? a bunch of quilters are using machines like crickets and stuff where, I mean, they have them and it's basically, you can do it for scrapbooking. You can do it for like decorating with fondant and you can do it with fabric where they cut out all these images with all these cartridges. And I mean, you can sew things down in applique and it's kind of cool. Oh shit. That's what that is. There's like a bunch of, I never, I always wondered what kind of, what it was. The cricket. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what the cameo is. I was Old white ladies going crazy over them at Black Friday. Yeah. I remember, yeah, when I worked at Michael's, that was, they had them all locked up in these cages, and they were, like, each one had, like, different uh, images that, yeah, you could, like, this is summertime, this is fall, this is, and then for scrapbooking and all this, and people would go crazy over it, and I thought it was so funny. <laughs> so, what is it, it really, it, it's like a punch, kind of, or what? Well, it's got like a little cutting tool in there, and so that cutting tool runs off. It runs like a printer, oh, except okay. you can run whatever you want through it. Okay. And that cutting utensil will cut out whatever shit. Wow, you stuff. can do that with fondant, huh? That's yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, it's been too, right? Because, yeah, we've watched a lot of cake decorating shows. I think that's fun, too. <laughs> Even yeah, though- I, I don't specifically seek them out, but I find myself getting sucked into them every now and again. <laughs> with, like, a buddy versus, uh, what's that other dude, right? The two, the two like, king cake makers. Yeah. I can't think of his name. Uh, the Ace of Cakes. The Ace yeah. of Cakes. <laughs> the Ace of I Cakes. I can't remember his name. It's, it's Buddy, is it, it's not, no, I want to say Guy, but it's not. Buddy Guy. <laughs> not no. your guy, buddy. I'm not your buddy guy. <laughs> that was Buddy Velastro and uh, Duff. Duff. What's his last Duff name? Hagen or something? Yeah. No, that, no that's the drummer <laughs> from Guns N' Roses. Oh, no. <laughs> the bass player. <laughs> Duff something. Duff I, I can't remember. Uh, so, uh, where do you find yourself drawing a lot of your influence or inspiration from for your art? Uh, uh, I guess like pop art is very influential, like bright colors. Stuff yeah, definitely. Like, I can see that. Culture. I'm again with like the recycling and upcycling. My husband and I have, a, and my son, we have a ton of T-shirts that either are worn out or don't fit, and we definitely like give our stuff to Goodwill or the thrift store, but I've also been like, okay, well, you know, t-shirt quilts are fun, but how else can I cut up shirts and repurpose them into either some kind of art or, like, a tote bag, functional art? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't know. I guess, to me, like, some of your stuff reminds me of, of, like, Andy Warhol. Like, do you find influence from that? Definitely. I, I definitely, like... 
there was a lot of Andy Warhol exhibits and things going on in Milwaukee when I lived down there for the two, two and a half years. So I feel like okay. took in a lot of that, but I've always, yeah, been into Andy Warhol. I don't know, his everything. There's just so much craziness about him and about how he looks at art. and it's very Right, just a lot of eccentric, eccentric views on, like, everyday things. Right, exactly. Or a celebrity and just, like, his little group of people that followed him and even the fact that, you know, he couldn't draw that great and he had other people, like, be his apprentice and do the work for him. So it kind of is like, well, yeah, you know, there's a lot of other artists now where it's like, they make the idea, but then other people actually physically make it. But it's right. not their art. It's like, you know, it's Andy Warhol's art. But it's like, maybe sure. he didn't even touch that paper, you know? But yeah, right. Like, yeah, and his style. Very interesting. Uh, he just interests me as a, a weird, intriguing person. So what what inspired the vagina oven? <laughs> <laughs> we were just, I mean, with the whole Trump getting elected was just not awesome and everything he was saying sucked so when i like i remember when the whole grab him by the pussy video came out and it was all over and they just kept playing it and playing it and playing it so i was thinking like how funny would that be to have something because a friend had recently asked me to make her like a, an oven mitt so i'm like well that's funny what if i make oven mitts that are like vaginas that say grab back because <laughs> it's hot and dangerous out of the oven, but it's like spicy female, and then like it was kind of a joke, and a lot of per people liked it, and and I am definitely a feminist, so yeah, I, it's, it's I can definitely see the empowerment message behind it, yeah, right, and, and I think it's cool that you, you know, like you kind of you weren't afraid to just put that forward. And, and worry about how it was received, you know, because you wouldn't have known if you would, would have gotten a positive reception from it. Well, you you had your message and you sent it. Right. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> so other people got it and liked it and wanted one versus, I mean, if everybody kind of threw a stink or made a big deal out of it, at least two, I was doing something that made people think and caused a reaction, you know, and it... And if it was like a bunch of dudes that didn't like it, I'd be like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> you know, like You're scared. for you, then I guess. You probably don't even know how to use an oven mitt. So I don't know. And I and I I've always been very just like open minded, LGBT friendly too. So I mean, you know, there's a lot of women and feminism. Yeah. Right. So. um... I know, like, having known you a long time, I know that you have a retro style, not only in your art, but, like, in your everyday life, too. Do you think sure. some of that comes from, from the Andy Warhol influence, or where, do, where does it come from? Um, I don't know. I've always, you know, older retro stuff... I mean, when I was a little kid, you know, I was kind of always around at your parents' house or your grandparents' house and stuff. But as I was getting older, like, I just, it was like, it was nice to be on your own where you can buy whatever you want. And I've always been a big thrifter. So, like, going and kind of seeing vintage styles. Yeah, like, I liked Andy Warhol. I thought the 60s and 70s looked interesting. Like, probably wouldn't want to live back then. But the styles <laughs> and stuff were cool. And, like, even... Like, you know, 
we weren't rich when I was growing up. Like, our family never had a lot of money, but we had a lot of stuff. My parents always made sure we had stuff. So, like, as I got older and then I had a kid, my husband and I kind of did the same thing where we wanted to start buying all the stuff that we had as a kid. Yeah. Our kids would have it or even stuff that maybe we didn't have. So it's like we're like reliving all this stuff in our childhood. And we've just always been about older toys or just vintage style seems more fun and interesting than buying like furniture from Walmart, you know? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. What's that story behind it? Right. And that's like I love thrifting and reusing things. Everything has a story or it's been somewhere. And I'm glad people don't just throw things away because I think about. I mean, I've worked at a lot of retail places, and you see all the stuff coming in packaging and cardboard and how much garbage there is every day. So, yeah. like, it pains me to see things be thrown away all the time, where I'm like, if I can reuse something, like, it's a little bit of, like, maybe a hoarder thing, too. But if I can reuse <laughs> it or make something out of it, like, I'm going to hang on to it, because uh, who knows? Even though it's just in your garbage can, it's got to go somewhere. And I just try to make sure... Yeah, I don't know. Just reusing things in my art is very important. Just that maybe, again, it goes back to like another one person's trash is another person's treasure. Yeah, for sure. I kind of was telling Ross about um, the jacket that I used to have that was covered in all those patches. And and then I gave it to you. And I still have that framed piece that you gave me that has like a few of the really cool patches that were on it. Nice, Uh, right. But yeah, like... um, I think a lot of people appreciate that, you know. It's nostalgic. Very nostalgic. Yeah. That's kind of in now. Like, for some reason, like, 90s are totally in. 90s you know? nostalgia is yeah. buzzing big we're, time. We're getting old. Yeah, we're all yeah. on a relive of our youth. For sure, right? And it is sad, though, because then we'll go to stores and we'll see stuff, and it's like, I really wish this was like at a thrift store and it was like original from back then. You know, everything's yeah, yeah. now, but it's like, oh, but I still really love Nickelodeon shit. <laughs> I was flipping through the channels the other day and I saw DuckTales on the TV guide. And I was like, fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. all in, right? Yeah. I'm like ready to sit here and watch two hours of DuckTales. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I turned to it and it's all new fucking DuckTales. Oh, really? They have oh. New, yeah. The oh. animation's different. The stories are. Whack as fuck, like I wasn't in. <laughs> um, I was so let down. Well, that shows you how, like, there's no original ideas coming out anymore. Man, I tell you, I was fixing to go get those pizza rolls and some Kool Aid and post up. Yeah, nah, nah, <laughs> <laughs> it was pissed me off, man. That's and that's one of those. I, I know, uh, Disney Plus, as much as I am not a fan of Disney, but uh, I, I have kids, so I got Disney Plus. And <laughs> and it's amazing. I, I have to admit, like seeing all the shows and stuff from back then, like they have Ducktales on there, the original. Oh yeah, yeah. Time so, to get Disney Plus. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> worth it, man. Well, then, they uh, have all Simpsons now, so I was kind of showing my son Simpsons, and because yeah. they got burned out on it for a while, and it was on at work in the break room one time, and I'm like laughing my ass off to myself at New Simpsons, where I'm like, I should go back. <laughs> And show my son this, because, like, this is what I grew up on, you know? Yeah, the new ones are fucking good. Yeah. I like the new ones, for sure. How do you get into, like, deciding what mediums you're going to use and, like, what you're going to make? Like, uh-huh. like, a lot of it maybe is is random, 
Like, how do you pinpoint it? I kind of feel like I go through stages of what I'm working on. So, like, when a friend asked me to make some oven mitts, I thought that was a really clever idea. So, like, I went with it for a couple of months and made, like, a bunch of them because I like to do, like, outdoor or indoor art shows. So I'm trying to think of, like, you know, I'm not going to try to make quilts and, and sell them because quilts take a lot of time and energy. So it's, like, what can I kind of make with modern quilting and what is what can you use but what also looks cool so it's like right, functional yeah. and interesting looking so i started doing oven mitts and then somebody asked me to make like a tablet case so i started making some kind of funky cool patchwork quilted fabric cases um, oh, yeah. i was doing like going with the feminist vagina themes and and making just like a kind of different way I applique and sew them and making those into like tote bags and purses and a lot of them have sold on my Etsy so that's pretty awesome yeah Uh, that seems to be like I wouldn't say like that's my style I don't want to be known as the like the vagina person (laughs) 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 but it's kind of funny but like at the same time it's like yeah a little bit more than just that but it's uh it's I kind of just kind of move around to maybe what I think people would also want. Like, at a certain point, I was thrifting a bunch of jean jackets and upcycling old t-shirts and stuff on the back of those. And some of them okay, yeah, right on. really well. And and then other times, like, I've been making tote bags. So recently, I've been making, like, nice lined tote bags, but really spending a lot of time quilting them. So people who do sew and quilt kind of see them and... I, I went to a couple stores with my mom and like a bunch of people commented on how nice it was. And I'm like, thank you. I made that. So oh, cool. I would be, I would love for people to want my tote bags. Cause then everybody sees it everywhere they go. I don't know. Yep. That's the thing. And so, and that, that's where word of mouth comes in where someone sees something like that. And then you start getting commissioned work and everything from that too. Right. Exactly. So I, um, so I have a couple shows that I'm hoping, you know, I mean, everything's up in the air right now with COVID-19, but, yeah. but like assuming everything goes well in the summer, there's there's a couple outdoor events I was going to do, Art at the Park in Appleton and Art on the Island and and hopefully try to sell tote bags and my fiber art, I also like making collages, so some of those are like nice and framed or mounted kind of funky, weird, upcycled collages. Yeah, I have a, um, I have a, an Elvis one that you did that's really cool. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, I look at it quite a bit and, like, notice, like you were saying, I, I guess, like, there's a lot of, like, bright color blocks to it, you know? But you use different different hues to make, like, the other colors stand out. It's pretty cool. Um I, yeah, you definitely I, have an array of work, that's for sure. So it, it is hard, though. I think that's maybe something that holds me back, that you can't pinpoint exactly, like, what I do. But, I mean, it's more like a general thing. And I still kind of feel like I don't want to pinpoint myself. I want to learn all that I can and just kind of be a mixed-media artist and see what else I can do. Like, for I'm really, like, sewing now, but I'm hoping to... I could always get into like designing my own fabrics. That's like another outlet. Wow, that would be cool. Sewing world, right? I can design my own patterns for quilts because that's, I mean, you don't get 
you don't get big by just making quilts. You have to somehow like help other people in the quilt world. There's like a whole big networking thing and, and it's interesting and I like it. And I feel like you can just keep learning more skills and then the better off you are. Like I'm very much a DIYer and I'm going to like build it myself and try to do it myself because Nothing gets well, handed to you, maybe unless you're For right. sure. And I think that's a super valuable skill and asset to have in in a time where immediate gratification is everywhere, you know? For sure. Right. And I mean, right. You post, if you, you know, as an artist, I make stuff, but you also have to spend a lot of your time being your own hype person and social media person. So you're posting to Facebook and Instagram. And if you do newsletters and you're just trying to stay relevant and afloat and, and there, so people know that you exist and it's hard. Right. And like continuously creating things too, you know, for yeah, sure. That's one of those things that uh, I know for me at times you just, you hit certain times where you don't feel creative and you got to get through those times. And on the other side of it, there's so much creativity that can be found. And uh, I find that that's where like some of the original things that come out of me just through my medium, which is comedy and music um, where I find like deeper messages behind everything. So do you, you think that some of your work have deeper messages or ideologies behind them? Oh, for um, sure. I know, like, like we were talking about the oven mitts and stuff, or do you think you have, like, some are just random even, too, like the Know Your Enemies piece or the Thank You, Thank You, Thank You pieces? Right. There's definitely all these little, uh, little tells or little hints in my things that maybe, I mean, it's really hard explaining your art to people, and people are kind of going to look at it and take what they want. So, I mean, right. I might have a certain thing. Um, but somebody might look at it and think of it totally differently. But yeah, I do think maybe it's a little, little myself and my art, a little bit dark, a little bit sarcastic, kind of. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a, you know, glasses half empty kind of thing. So <laughs> it depends yeah. on how you look at it. Maybe if you're a positive person, it might be something totally different. Right on. I, I feel like, like we were talking before, what about the oven mitts and stuff? Like you've been like, it's, inspiration to send messages through something like that come at some of the strangest times um but yeah so are there any mediums that you think that uh you're good at that you haven't really messed with in a while i really got into encaustics this last year encaustic is like um it's like painting with colored pigment wax what okay it's not just wax. It's like a wax and a Damar resin that you mix together. So, like, I watched a ton of videos. You know, I did it myself. Watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Learned, you know, you can go online and buy stuff. Or you can buy the parts and kind of make it yourself. So, I melted the wax down. Melted the resin. And I filtered it. And made my own little things of wax medium. Then you kind of work on, like, a wooden surface. And you paint it on. And I use, like, a little brittle that we don't use anymore and I don't know it's really fun I've tried it not very good at it but it's very much I feel like a not a winter activity because you have to have really good ventilation so I tried it once this summer but then I mean a lot of 
stuff is harmful. And if it's not ventilated well, I go to bed being like, oh, I can't breathe. I feel like <laughs> my throat is covered in like wax, you know, because you're Ugh. leaning over it and melting where you, you can paint it on and then you can like, you can melt it with an iron. You can melt it with a like a, a blowtorch. You can melt <laughs> it with a heat gun. It's like yeah, a, it's, it's a very different medium from like I I'm used to painting. I can draw really well, you know. I sew. This is something very different where I've just very lightly experimented with it, and I would love to like take a class or have a group of people like trying it together and seeing what everybody can do because it's very different, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really a unique style for sure. Oh. I've only heard very little about it. I think Jeremy talk, Jeremiah talked about it. Uh, Did he? I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. If I don't it was something like it. it. It was like, he was talking about, they are like crayons almost. Oh, yeah. There's a guy. Yeah, oil sticks. You can use that with these too. Like, you got these oil sticks. You can even use like on fabric and then you iron it and it's like bonded. But if you use really? up the oil sticks, you melt them and then you can paint with that like the encaustic because encaustic works well with oil paint so you can even incorporate a couple different things with it yeah wow cool. that's cool yeah that's really cool so, so i would love to one day be able to be like oh you know i'm an encaustic artist but right now it's like <laughs> see where things go but it's pretty fun yeah are there any other mediums that you haven't really messed with yet that you're like hoping to explore more I really have been into modern quilting, and I like a lot of bright, colorful, fun, new kinds of designers and prints. So I, and I think my mom's interested too, because we're both part of the Northeast Wisconsin Modern Quilt Guild. That's <laughs> awesome. It's more of a bunch of old ladies. They <laughs> I hear they're pretty serious. Who's their Who's their rival? <laughs> there's actually there's another one in Appleton that I think is bigger. <laughs> it is. You guys compete? Yeah, is there competitions and stuff? No, but like quilt offs, quilt offs, coming events. It's not. It's not. It's more working together. There, there is going to be a big quilt show at like Fox Valley Lutheran in August. Okay. And, and they're actually like different guilds you know it's kind of like boy scouts where there's different chapters or whatever for different areas so i think it's more of trying they're working together to get their their names out there so like our quilt guild would have a booth there and i'm actually hoping to have a booth for myself where i can try to sell some of my tote bags and my art quilts and so you were talking about modern quilting you've said that a couple times oh, yeah. what uh, what's the difference between that and like you know Something your grandma made back in the day that you throw over your couch. They usually refer to the other, like the older quilt styles, as traditional, like <laughs> hand. I mean, like they, they literally call it traditional quilting. So, like the uh -huh. modern stuff is, it's a very broad term, but it's more new styles, mostly instead of like prints of like flowers and whatever. It's solid colors and just doing different patterns or um, like old quilts would have like maybe a certain block so it would be like a six by six square of a certain detail and it would repeat through the whole quilt or whatever well like the modern ones might have just one big block or something very untraditional something that your grandma would not probably make yeah. so I mean there are a bunch of older ladies in my guild and some stuff 
doesn't seem necessarily to me like modern, but it's very broad. It, you know, it, it's like art is what you make it. So, so some people would say like, oh, if you, you know, do this, that's not considered modern quilting. But really, my mom always says there are no quilting police. So it's like, <laughs> you know, like some people, some ways, yeah, really there's a lot of rules and shit to quilting but like so for me it's more i'm not gonna do what everybody else is doing i'm not gonna just buy a pattern buy the fabric they tell me to i'm gonna buy my own stuff and kind of make my own weird whatever you know and and play with so it so really to... i want to get into like the next thing i would be into is um dyeing fabric or like printing on fabric so like making or even you can do stuff through the computer and in like photoshop or or Adobe Elements or whatever, make your own design and then upload it through a website and then people can order your fabric. So then people can make their own stuff with your fabric. Oh, that's pretty cool. Have you heard yeah. of sublimation printing at all? No, I've never heard of that. Um, it, it deals with uh, polyester fabric, so you don't find that a lot. I'm probably in quilting where you see polyesters. Um, right. It's harder to deal with for a fabric. It's but what what it is is you can basically have white, fat, uh, white polyester and print a full color image off on a printer basically onto this transfer paper, and then you can press that uh, onto the uh, onto the fa fabric, and that polyester absorbs the uh, the ink. It comes out looking pretty slick actually. I, I got into that before I got into the uh, the um, vinyl, but. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to see. My uncle, he's an upholsterer, but he deals a lot with uh, just making up some of the craziest things, too. He's a very good sewer. And he was really looking at what we could utilize that in. But just the polyester was so difficult to deal with. And yeah, just the time, yeah. everything just came down. to We didn't go anywhere with it, but yeah, just well, let you know it's what out there. What you learned, you know, and that maybe someday if you need to incorporate it, at least you've done it. So you kind of have that. Which is yeah, yeah. So, do you ever get any funny reactions from the uh, older traditional quilters from some of your stuff? Um, at our quilt guild meetings, we we always share something we're working on, and I think, I mean, they were really excited when I joined because they are saying, you know, they know it's an older crowd. They want to see more younger people quilting and doing their own thing and making it fun and. They don't want to see it die out, you know. Right. It sounds like an old lady thing, but I follow a lot of people on Instagram that do sew-alongs and always have new fun fabrics coming out and projects and stuff that you can buy and classes you can take. So I like I like the stuff that's probably been in the last five years, kind of bringing in the younger crowd. I mean, so it's... I definitely wouldn't have seen myself 10 years ago, like I said, being at where I am, but my mom had me in sewing classes when I was little, so I knew the basics, and then when I was in college, I wanted to go for sculpture, but the sculpture professor had just retired, so they kind of like split people up in different groups, and I ended up in the fiber department, so they were like, you can still make sculpture, but she really wanted it like heavily focused on maybe sewing or crocheting or knitting she the the professor was really into like weaving and stuff 
and and that was kind of where I was like, well, this is not what I wanted to do. You know, it's not what I planned on. Yeah. But I ended up making like I saved a bunch of bus tickets from around town because everywhere you would go, there'd be like garbage on the floor. So I kind of got into picking up and saving stuff, and I saved all these bus tickets from my trips to and from school. And then I ended up um, making like a suit out of all of them. And cool. And had I mean it was could have done better on my uh, senior project, but it, yeah, I mean it was starting. You could see where fiber and sewing was coming in, but I just didn't know where to go with it. I guess. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, kind of like a transitionary thing. Sure, sure. Like you have to. I mean, I could be mad all I want about what happened my senior year of college, but you just gotta gotta roll with it, and that's life, you know. Right, and it makes you wonder if you'd if you'd be where you are right now if right. that hadn't happened, you know. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what life's all about. I mean, life's got ups and downs, and sometimes we find that our art is a way to kind of carry us through. Have there any been any situations you found yourself in where it really the the world kind of got you down, but like working on your art has helped you kind of in a therapeutic way to get through the stuff. And it almost like motivated you to, to really go forward with a piece and do stuff with it. Well, I guess. Oh, God. <laughs> so, this also articulated well to the end. Oh my God. <laughs> fell apart at the end of that question guys I'm sorry <laughs> I was doing so good you ever like things that you want to do stuff with yeah <laughs> things <laughs> oh shit sorry I didn't mean to interrupt your answer no, okay um I don't know I guess I guess I don't do art to make money because that's an unrealistic expectation, you know, yeah, unless yeah. You're really, really well into the art scene, you know, a lot of people, and you're always, you know, you can give like 100%. I just, I honestly can't. I, I have a family and a day job, and the art kind of keeps me sane in these times. I yeah, mean, I yeah. really, I'm happy that I've been able to work during these times where so many people are laid off, but at the same time, it's just like, God, I would love to be fucking locked in my house and just like just sewing and art all the time, you know? Because then, then I just I have everything here. I have my own art room at my house and sewing machine and paint and and I just would love to just do that. That's that's the dream is to be paid to do that all the time, you know? Yeah, like right. right now, yeah. It's unrealistic. I think we, but I think we both relate to that feeling. Like, if, if I was in it just to make money, I'm in it for the wrong reason. I'm doing it because it makes me happy. I feel like my stuff gets better. Every project I do, I learn from stuff. Like, your your stuff is never totally done. You can always go back and redo, rework, make it better. Yeah. yeah. We've heard that from a lot of artists that we've talked Actually, to. Actually, yeah, I was just going to say, I know that's... And that's even even with... Uh, and, and it's in your different mediums, because you look at a lot of comedians, that's... Big time. You might have wrote in something that you got up there and tried it out and it didn't quite work, but now you found yourself further down the line in a different place and you figured out the right puzzle pieces to make it work. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, that's kind of how my the lady parts, I call 
lady parts or the vaginas, you know, people liked them. So it's like, well, what else, you know, what yeah. else can they make? Cause they kind of, you know, for me, it's like a badge of feminism and you just see yeah, it, right. you know what it is or you don't. And if you know what it is, it's like, it's, it's not really a big deal, but it just, that's what makes us women to me. That's right. what it's like. Right. For sure. But then, yeah. right. Kind of take it and, and go whichever way you can with it, hopefully in a good direction. And I, I know you were saying kind of too how, like, whenever you put something out there, I, I relate a lot to it because I've done a song, it's called Work Poop, and I, a lot of people, <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh man, that's that song, that's your, you know, your good stuff. And I, like, I sit and think, am I gonna, is this the pinnacle here? Is this what I'm hanging my hat on? A song about pooping at work? And like, like, but like in the same breath, it is. It's it's a part of you. It's something that came out of the artistic process that you find pride in. Right, no matter right. what, you're gonna find any way to beat yourself up because that's what we do, right? But right, right. like in the long run, like you got to be proud of the things you do. And I think those elements are amazing. Like I really think they speak out to like like you, your style, and you're 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 proud of it. You know, it's cool. So what do you call those round things that you quilt? Round things like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have a little one, like probably a three inch one. Oh, oh, just like I was calling them art hoops, but they're like embroidery hoops. So when you embroider, you're supposed to use the hoop to keep the fabric and stuff taut so you can sew. But I thought they were so cool. And you know, I go thrifting a lot, I love craft aisles at thrift stores, and they just have them for like 10 cents, 25 cents. So I started thinking, oh, like, well, what if great way to like frame something you know something small yeah. fiber art so that that was a couple of years ago that's what i focused on a lot and i made a ton of them and i loved them and they're beautiful but they didn't really sell a lot but then kind of embroidery got really really big and you would see art hoops everywhere like i even saw one in hot topic and it made me laugh <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, or like like a do it yourself and it was like an art hoop, a piece of fabric with a like a simple design and like thread and a needle, and it was like twenty five dollars. I'm like, oh, that's like Holy two dollars in supplies. But you it's know? still, it's cool to see that being a thing yeah. in an area like that, right? Enough like, of a mainstream or enough of a like influential yeah. thing for that. that a lot was. of interest and in, in popularity growing from it, you know. Right. So I mean, those were I like those, but. To me, if stuff's not selling, it's just kind of sitting upstairs waiting for the next art show to go and, you know, it's there, but right. But, it, but I at least have fun making all these different things and, and kind of experimenting and, you know, if, if people wanted more, I would make specific ones for people. I just thought it was kind of right. a cool way to, yeah, to have like, you know, instead of a square in a frame be nice to have like a little circle and then they yeah. hang on like a nail or a hook or whatever so yeah i thought those were pretty cool that's awesome so and a lot of those are all fabric scraps or t-shirts or whatever kind of remnants yeah the one i have says just say no to drugs and it's working <laughs> <laughs> I um, you have that one <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know, it, it sounds like you're, you're, like, super active and, like, always working towards, you know, getting better and creating more. Uh, I mean, what keeps that alive, you know? Because it's so easy to just, like, get distracted by daily life and set stuff like that on the on the shelf. Like, uh, you know, what's your driving force for that? I 
I guess it's just because I don't I don't want to fall into just being a mom and my day job of working retail like that to me doesn't define me what defines me is my art and and that's yeah. what I do to keep sane and it keeps me going and and again oh, yeah. I'm not necessarily like I'm trying to do things that I think maybe people like me would want to buy but I'm also like doing it for me it's my style so I mean it keeps me sane and it keeps me focused on stuff and yeah it's a distraction from the government, from the media, from everything that's going on. Like, when I have to sew, I have to focus on what I'm doing, you know? I, yeah, right. I love podcasts because then I can focus on my art, but I can also, like, listen and think about other things and drown yeah. out the everything else, the the retail and the president and all that stuff that kind of gets <laughs> yeah. <me> down <laughs> and it angry. It nuts if you, if you oh, tap yeah. into it too much. It is. There's a lot of noise nowadays. Yeah. And it's and so it's many outlets. Because I, I want to be informed, but, in, and you can't just like listen to one source. You got to kind of listen yeah. all over and then even going on Facebook, you see all the memes and all the shares and it's everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And it's hard to put down your phone especially now like nobody wants to stay home but it's like you have everything you ever possibly need at home stay at home <laughs> well and that's that that shows different temperament types i know for me staying at home has been hard as an extrovert because i i yeah. like i rely heavily on being around other people i well, feed off that energy i like making people feel good and if i'm just sitting at home like not doing that but like I, what's nice is i have my kids and I, it's really Help me, you know, I think it's helped everybody kind of focus on the family again. Put down your phone. Like, it's no one wants to sit and look at it and read all this crap about what's going on out there. It's because it sucks. It's so overwhelming. But to be able to spend time with the people you love and to be able to really truly focus on the things in your life that are amazing. Like and Tiger King. Like Tiger King. <laughs> like, how would I have not known about Tiger King if it wasn't for this whole pandemic? I feel like, bad. My husband started watching it with me, but then he fell asleep and he goes to bed because he works early. And I'm very much a night person. Yeah. He the shit out of that while I was sewing one night. I'm like, oh, it's so good. And then I'm telling him all the <laughs> Like, jump in in the middle or at the end. And then he's just like, yeah, I'm not that into it. I'm like, oh, there are so many good themes all yeah. over now. Like, I am sorry, but I'm sending you all of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how much it's just hitting off. And it's just this document. I remember going getting into it too. I'm like, hmm, this should be interesting. We'll see how, you know, how long I watch this. And then I you just hold it. My husband's like, I'm not really a cat person. And I'm like, it's yeah. not about the lions or the cats. It's about the crazy meth head, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. The cults that they form. Or like, like, you know, like Philip Seymour Hoffman would play that one dude, that doc character yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you oh, see yeah. that somebody posted a meme of all the characters and like funny actors that would play them and it was pretty oh, good i saw that yeah it was pretty it was, good. Like, spot on too who were they <laughs> i'm trying to think now oh man where's my phone yeah but, yeah there was like a whole a whole bunch of them that were pretty spot on for uh for what uh actors would be actually good at them so uh can you kind of describe your process from what you utilize in materials and kind of even the direction that uh, you figure you're going to go into with a piece? Like, how does that kind of start out? 
I guess. Um, sometimes I'll get custom projects where people people will ask me to do something and then they'll give me like a very broad idea. So I kind of just like, I like having a little starting point and then like I've got that all the art supplies I could possibly need at home. So I have a ton of fabric too. So I kind of... <laughs> I, did you find it? Sorry, sorry, I pulled this list up of the actors and started laughing. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. That was super rude. It's pretty funny. It's pretty cool. The only one I really didn't like was the last one. Like, I really liked the old guy that was at the ranch for the documentary. That, like, yeah. he was, like, at a bar or something drinking. Like, I feel like that was the very last one that I was like, no, somebody else could play him and it would be better. Yeah, you know. Which one's John Reinke? Is he the one without the legs? The manager? <laughs> legs, so, yeah. It says Matthew McConaughey would play yeah, it. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the one that got me laughing. Yeah. I'm not acquainted with the characters yet enough. I'm only two episodes in. It's pretty so good. I'm going to have to go back and watch this, but uh, it's pretty funny. Sorry, I totally interrupted your answer to that question. You guys can reset it up if hey, you want. Hey, dude, this is this is a moment where we need to take a little tab on. Tommy actually diverted the conversation. To like, <laughs> <laughs> Normally, Ross now, goes on That's my rant. job. Is, <laughs> I'm the one that goes on rants. <laughs> so, uh, going back into it, like, what are factors that kind of come into play with your creative process like the environment and mood you kind of were talking a little bit before how you like it quiet and you're a night person and you listen to podcasts and stuff so you're probably hanging out at night doing that and just kind of inspiration hits you um i mean there's certain projects, i have certain projects that people have asked me to do that i'm working on but i also i'm very much a person that will work on like eight things at a time because it's very hard yeah. to go from like beginning to end i like to jump around a little bit so, because then if you feel like it's getting, it's not where I'm liking, it's not going where I want it to go. Like, I got to do something else, get my mind off it, and come back to it at a different time. So, like right now, so I just kind of, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I guess it kind of depends on the day, but sometimes I'll go for a couple of days without doing stuff, and some nights I'll just stay up for hours, like, sewing, because I just feel like you're in the groove, and you don't want to stop, because you're doing great things and things are coming along quicker than you've expected and yeah well yeah i'm definitely i like doing stuff at night i i worked third shift for a while and i could do it but it got really hard on like family and my sleeping but yeah definitely a night like artistic at my own pace chill person yeah well what's third shift's a totally different thing when uh especially in the summertime if you like have your family at home and you come home and they're still going to sleep in for a couple hours. You have that time to yourself. And it's weird. It's a strange time yeah. to yourself because it's after like working all night and it's, and it's like dusk. Yeah. And or it's dawn, like, or yeah, dawn. And it's like, you see the sun coming out and it's beautiful almost. But it's it like, is, it's nice because like your phone is quiet. Yeah. Everyone's still sleeping. Yeah. No one's bugging you. I work kind of but my son's he wakes up early. So he I would come home sometimes and he would already be awake, like, hey, what's oh. up? It's like, dude, I'm like, I just want to chill. And then yeah, just go like, to bed. <laughs> he's like, why? Like and and my husband's like, he's awake for work, but he's more of like a don't talk to me in the morning. So I'd come home from work, working overnight, like baking alone and wanting to be like, 
want to talk to you for like 20 minutes that you're awake before you go to work and he's just like you know i want my coffee don't talk to me please <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> <to you. laughs> yeah. so well, that's actually that can be hard on a relationship i i, I know that uh going through that like because i that's where i found troubles in my past too um being on night shift was that communication during that time because most people aren't think about when you wake up like you're you're uh, well I, I don't know how you are but me personally i am definitely like it takes me a bit to get going so and uh but here here you are you just ran through your whole day and stuff basically but it was overnight and now you're trying to convey you're trying to pass on all this info, like you say, like this is all the stuff that happened and blah blah blah. This person's still just trying to process getting through their day yet. They're like, um, I'm not really awake yet. Like, yeah, coffee helps. So I mean, like, I did it for a year or two, and then I just like for my own mental health, like I kind of felt like it it was affecting, um doing art shows and stuff and having to take off, you know, if you want to do something all day, you have to ask for a couple of days off. So you have time to recuperate after these events. Cause like, I am not a person that can go straight for 24 hours. And my job yeah. was kind of demanding where I went, 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 went for like eight hours straight. So I was just getting exhausted and kind of decided like, well, I'm going to like step down a little bit, but it's for my own good. And then hopefully I can spend more time on my art and making my brand and trying to put myself out there on social media more. Right on. And, That's and awesome. Sleeping. Sleeping felt so good. Like the, the month <laughs> after I changed my job, I was like, <laughs> my boss was like, so how are things going? It's like, great. I can actually sleep now. Like I feel amazing. <laughs> Yeah, you get on a schedule. Everything about it, like like putting your body on a schedule like that, um, helps out like a, like a your your normal schedule. You know what I mean? Being up during the day and sleeping at night, it it's amazing how your body definitely likes it. You know, it it, it adapts to it quickly, and you immediately feel better about it. Like when you but it might it sucks at first. Yeah, waking up and I'm still I am not a morning person. I yeah. hate waking up, yeah. but it's still I'll take this over. Like flip flopping, I I used to have to do a twelve hour swing shift, and that sucked. Yeah. Like that was the worst. Happened like after a twelve hour night, uh, we we had four days in a row, and then you get a couple days off, and you probably go back on twelve hour days, and just Ugh. it was the worst. Right. And yeah, then, like, it sucks up I all was, your time to do anything. And then you dread it. Like I was dreading going to work. I hated yeah. it. Um. So have you found that like? things that you've picked up along the way as an artist you've been able to apply to life to kind of like you know help you kind of circumvent those struggles that you run into like that uh, I don't know you just gotta I guess in life you just gotta keep going I mean you know I guess art school kind of gave me the knowledge of critiques and, you know, how different people look at your stuff and how art is accepted and where, and you just kind of have to adapt and, and not, not give up if you don't do great. You know, you just got to keep trying. It, it can be anything. It can be for comedy. It can be for acting. Like you just, yeah. 
somebody could think you're like you were saying they were like tim burton you know you're not you don't have a future here it's not good but then it's like but look who tim burton is you know maybe just you're not accepted somewhere doesn't mean they won't accept you somewhere else so i kind of try different things like i'm a part of a the fond du lac artist association group trying to meet artists that way and doing my quilt guild group trying to meet people that way and for me i'm just gonna keep trying to do more and meet more people and possibly through that have more opportunities to either show my art or sell my art like that's 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 all i can do for right now you know yeah and that's exactly how you 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 begin to you know you continue to hone your skills well i hope i think it helps you build rigidity to get through the rough patches and it makes you it makes you tougher to handle some of the some of the roadblocks that might come come up down the road a little bit more easily you know you have to be thinking for kind of anything yeah if you just give up then you might not go anywhere but right. you you uh, like what we were saying before you have to tweak things to maybe work in your favor and know if you're okay with doing that you know right yeah sometimes i'm like is this what i want to make or is this what people are going to buy you know i want to make what i want to make but i also want people to buy it like if people aren't buying it what's the point you know it's fun for me and it's an outlet but i feel like then like back with my thrifting and stuff i'm creating more waste in the world if it's just sitting there waiting to go in a dumpster so i i i don't know it's hard yeah, it's a pretty fine line, for sure. What were you gonna say? Or getting around like other people though, with the with the similar interests and stuff, and like getting that inspiration, kind of. Because when when you find yourself just alone in your your skill or whatever, you you don't you work at it, but it's just so much more inspirational being around other people. Right, it kind of gets a dialogue yeah, going, so you yeah. start talking about your ideas and. And figuring out which ones that need to be rethought, you know, you kind of get, you kind of get a, a perspective on a scale as to the reality of your your thoughts and your ideas. Yeah, that's why I do miss college, and I miss the people I surrounded myself with that were my friends and also other artists, and we weren't all the same. We had different. Um, different medias that we were into more so even like my roommate ryan was into painting really and um and photography and it was always nice to have that other person who looks at things differently just like anybody yeah. it's just a, another set of eyes to help you look at something or how they see it and then you can go from there so it was i missed that camaraderie where i love doing art and i love i have a, an art room at my house but I want to be around other people, too, that, I mean, that's why I, I guess I joined the Fond du Lac Artists Association and the Quilt Guild, so that building more bridges to hopefully meet more people and have opportunities to do that stuff. So, I, so I'm so i not just at home all the time doing my right. work in solitude. Like, it's nice, especially right now, but. So you said you have you have a, um, a booth, right, like a business what do you, what, what's it called? Do you want to tell us what it's called? I call myself Funky Remnants. And I have like an Etsy shop that a lot of my stuff's on. And 
Um, I started doing shows a couple years ago. We had Bazaar After Dark in like the Fox Cities where they would have these um, like shops. Yeah. Tents. Yeah, tents and and bands and local food shops. And they were supporting all the local businesses. Really cool. I thought it was awesome because, I mean, I live in Fond du Lac now, but I grew up mainly in Appleton and hung out in all those places. So I did a couple of those um, events and sold some of my artwork. And then I just kind of like word of mouth and through other people learned of other events. And I mean, really, you have to in the beginning of the year sign up for all these events because they book out really fast. But this year, who knows what's going to happen? Hopefully... Things will be back by summer where maybe there's, but I mean, these are all shows where lots of people go to, you know, people come yeah, right. by art, but, but I, it's fun. You meet people, you meet other artists. Yeah. So, so for this year, I'm planning on doing Art at the Park, which is in Appleton at the end of July, July 25th and 26th. <laughs> I think it's their 60th annual art at the park event so they're they normally did it like one day a year and now it's gonna be two days and that's okay. where they have a ton of artists from around wisconsin come and and i i've been going to it with my mom since i was in like grade school middle school high school so oh awesome right i i think it's really cool like for me that's my big event is art at the park because so many people are there and there's so many good artists and there's a lot of heavy traffic and it's nice fun to meet people yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, networking is is definitely cool. Um, it's something I've had a lot of fun with, especially since we started this podcast and like trying to get people interested and in, and in finding other new artists from the area that that are interested in in talking about their stuff and and putting themselves out there for sure. When everyone's like, got their story. I, if anybody said they didn't want to come on here, I would be like you need exposure one way or another. Like anything is good. It's good yeah. to know your stuff and, and why you make it. And yeah, well, if you want to be an artist or an, or anything on an, uh, an actor or whatever, you got to put yourself out there and yeah. show commitment for sure. And that's, that's kind of uh, what we wanted to do with the show is just kind of give, and I mean, on all avenues, just give people and give exposure through the different networks even like so people who are in the art community like seeing oh hey look at these comedians like i never you know really realized what a growing art that is in the area as well or music or anything right and, and you know kind of hopefully again start a dialogue and maybe create more opportunities like you were talking about of creating environments different places to be able to get different perspectives no matter, you know, not just limited to that spe- specific kind of artist. So, so I mean, this is kind of going off of that, but um, one thing I was thinking about talking about too was I, you know, I was doing art shows and kind of thinking, how can I get myself out there? I got Etsy, I got Facebook, I got Instagram, but I was approached by somebody at one of the art events about putting together, um, he was going to have like old cigarette machines that were changed so you can sell art in them. So, so you would make small art like the size of a cigarette box. And then, and then, but you could have, you could have art from like 10 different people. So they're kind of 
there so there's like three machines now that have local artists with art in it that you can oh that's really cool so i was approached by some by this guy who was putting it all together alex and then now i have art into machines so i'm trying to that's awesome out there in any way and and they maybe weren't things that I would necessarily have thought to make, but since it had to be like a small scale, it's like, well, what can I put my own spin on that's very much me, but small? So the first ones were like little collaged embroidered pins that were mm-hmm. kind of quirky, weird, funny, like those art hoops. And then the other one was collage and acrylic paint, um, little art box. And, oh, really cool. Yeah, and like something like that's fun because then you can get, you know, local artists, and everybody's got a different style or technique or something. Yeah, right. So, uh, where do you kind of hope to go with your art in the short-term, kind of even long-term goals for it? Um, right now I have a couple of projects I'm working on. I'm working on a t-shirt quilt for my niece that I just need a quilt, but... It's not that hard, but I've been putting it off. <laughs> um, I'm hoping to make more art quilted tote bags. Maybe like 20 or 30 would be nice. So the next show, I have a, a big variety of them. Um, yeah, very cool. There's, the, there's a modern... There's like a modern quilt show put on by a different quilt guild. And one of the ladies asked me if I would want to have a booth there to sell some of my tote bags. Or even if I don't sell a lot, I feel like I should do that so I can meet other people who quilt and connections I can make with that. I got like three shows this year, which is good because they take a lot of time and energy. And especially if it's all weekend, it's fun, but a lot of effort (laughs) into setting it up. But and then and then long term I guess um I you know I'm I'm always trying different things so I want to see about experimenting with dyeing fabric printing on fabric um I kind of wanted to buy an iPad and mess around with some some apps for designing my own kind of fabric like Photoshop or Illustrator or something but yeah. how the economy is right now isn't the greatest time to be spending money. But I mean, I would like to maybe see how I can get more into, I guess, modern quilting world or fibers and fabric. I don't know. Yeah, very cool. That's awesome. What you can do is like work towards something. I don't know where I'm going to end up because I didn't. I wouldn't have thought we'd be here at 2020. You know, with everything right. that's going on. But all I can yeah, do no, is hopefully do more crazy. and better. Yeah, it's crazy how life kind of, you know, helps point you in a direction and you, you drive the car and see where it takes you, you know? For sure. And even awesome. If even if it's, like, bad, I mean, you can't live a great life. Like, bad things shape us who we are and we learn from things. So, I mean, right. people, and you just kind of right. have to go with it how you do, and that's all we can do. Yeah, for sure. Well, real quick then, uh, how can people contact you? uh, And where can they find your work? And uh, if you got them handy, go ahead and throw your upcoming events at us too. Sure. Um, So hopefully, assuming things go back to normal, I will be at Art in the Park in Appleton, July 25th and 26th. It's a weekend. 
-hmm. And then Sunday, June 7th, I think it's always like the first Sunday in June, Fond du Lac has art on the island. So like by their Lakeside Park, there's a little island and they have a bunch of artists. So I'm Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm a part of the Fond du Lac Artist Association and they put it on. So then they have their artists involved and other people from the area. And they've actually been doing it for quite some time. So that's I've done it the last two or three years and I like it. I make I make an okay lot of money and I know some other people that have booths, so that's always fun networking. Yeah, and Fond du Lac doesn't put on like a whole lot of shows, so that's fun because that's always a big one. And yeah, then the other, always... sorry, yeah, no, other... I, I was just gonna say it's always good that like like those events are so amazing for all artists because it's it's just such a huge display of it, you know, and it's and for the community great. too. The, you yeah, know, it, it gives them the exposure to it. Yeah, know? it's it's um, creating opportunities and people are meeting each other. Sure. You know, it's. It's even definitely another level of what we're trying to do. Even like you were saying, they even include food trucks, you know. They're kind of, think they're kind of picky about who they choose because they don't want it to be all of the same. They want a variety, just like they're artists. You don't want to see yeah, like yeah, right. 10 of the same booths selling the same thing. It's nice to see, like, sculpture, paintings, photography, you know, fiber art, and just a lot of stuff it's fun i like being around it 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 makes me a little sad though because i'm stuck at my booth the whole time when i kind of wish i could walk around but i also don't want to ditch out and make like my husband or my mom sit there and pretend to be me for a few minutes while i because <laughs> then people do like people will look at them and be like did you make this and they're like no <laughs> I'll do it. I'll sit in. I got a whole bunch of bullshit. Yeah, that's what I mean. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm funky remnants. <laughs> so you got like got a Etsy page. You yep. can give us that. Uh, you got an Instagram and Facebook too. Yep. So like, if you go to if you go pretty much to Etsy, Facebook, Instagram, search either my name Stephanie Lizering or Spell it. L e i s e r i n g. All right. You, you'll find my stuff um and then also if anybody wants to email me my email is slizering1011 at yahoo.com and yeah i've got so and my other website my official website is funky remnant.com no s at the end of that one okay <laughs> So, so I have a lot of places where you can contact me, but I'm always trying to like when I know about shows, I update stuff and I update sales because I like to sell things on Etsy and sometimes have sales. Like right now, I probably have a sale on my tote bags, but yeah. Awesome, right? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for for interviewing with us today and oh, and letting you. everyone know more about yourself. Yeah, it was. I'd, I'd say it was nice sitting to see your art ahead of time, and then having the conversation was it yesterday, yeah. kind of giving this all a test run. And uh, this is our first Skype uh, interview we've done, and I'm sure we'll be doing more with uh, everything going on. But it was Thank very you. interesting, very fun. It would have been fun to be there and hang out, but it's also nice that we can still do it this way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll get you in again too. You and know, down the road we'll get you in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. When everything really over, we can hang out, and that would be fun. Because I was hoping we could all go out to eat, and then you guys could like talk about a local place in Fond du Lac. But it's like, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for talking with me too. 
my son even joined us here right for the last like 10 15 minutes he yeah very good very waiting. good just sitting here listening to <laughs> say goodbye to everybody come over here and say goodbye you just say bye this Hi. year she's right bye yep see we got a skype conversation <laughs> get in the camera the camera right there bye Bye. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was awesome. <laughs> you have a good one, Steph. All right, I'll text you in a bit, Steph. Cool. All right. See you later. Thanks. Later. Later. Bye. And daddy.